Hi friend, it's 2020. If you're anything like me, this year has been hard. Have you had days that feel confusing, disappointing, or just totally overwhelming? Especially in times like these, and really no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself looking for something real? Do you ever stay up late at night wondering if there's more to this world than the chaos in your social media feed? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if you're just not so sure about Jesus. So for those who are wandering, wondering, skeptical, or just need some encouragement, we all need encouragement these days, don't we? This podcast is for you. Please come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm excited you're here because I'm wondering how you're doing and by that, I mean, how are you really doing? <laughs> We're going to have a fun conversation today. We have a special episode because it is December. It's almost Christmas, what may be the weirdest Christmas for some of us that we've ever had. I don't know. And I just wanted to spend this episode and perhaps the next couple that air having a kind of 2020 wrap-up virtual party. Basically, I'm sitting down with people whose company... I really still enjoy after 2020 um, drink <laughs> drinking socially distanced hot cocoa or at least pretending to. Brian doesn't even have anything in his. You didn't need to tell them. Cup. Um, and pretending we're not living in some dystopian world where draconian measures and virus surges, <laughs> virus surges, have put a lot of people on edge right about now. And I just thought you could spill the tea, um, as it were. I don't even know if that's the I real thing. The uh, tea. Because it's debatable whether I'm a millennial or not. But I thought we could share <laughs> about 2020, the holidays, what we're taking away, what we're leaving, our hopes and our dreams for the future. <clears throat> so today, so today, I hope that you'll join us for this celebration of sorts, whether you're in quarantine, bored of your Netflix binge, or working around the house, driving somewhere, or just curled up in a fetal position. Hey, you're welcome here as we get real. So today's guests, um, I don't really think they need an introduction. I'm just going to say that. All, <laughs> this is what I will say. All of them have been on here before. You can check out the show notes for details, but Chris is a local pastor. Chris, hi. Um, Kristen is a local ministry leader. They're married and their family has provided a lot of personal comfort and joy for our family during this past year. And also, admittedly, for a lot of people. Um, Brian is a middle school principal. He's also my favorite husband. And fun fact, a dead ringer for the romantic leading man from the movie Bridesmaids. Although there was at one time that somebody confused you for Gerard Butler, and that was kind of my favorite thing. Oh. Um, so please welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, Chris and Kristen DeGrossier and Mr. Brian Wood. Welcome, guys. Thank you. <laughs> It's got interrupted by the teenager. Sorry. I think we're going to have to talk about this. My favorite husband. (laughs) 
Well, the, I think there was a show back in the 60s that said something about, like, my favorite husband. I thought it was cute. And it, it just makes people wonder a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, that's mystery. better than my least favorite husband. Saying that's that. true. He, yes. I thought it was yeah. a positive adjective to yeah. add. Um, to so... Serious question um, to the DeGrossiers over here. So I just want to know what it's going to take to embrace your fancy last name. Because here's the thing. I've been thinking a lot about this <laughs> since we've been talking about it on the podcast every time you're on here. And I know that the grass is always greener. Um, and I used to have this dream of having a multi-syllable last name. I grew up with the last name Moore. Then I married a Wood. Uh, more wood just didn't work uh, for a lot of different reasons, not the least of which is my husband is a middle school principal. Um, but uh, <laughs> Brian poo-pooed the idea of us becoming the wood moors. So I'm just wondering, you've got four beautiful syllables, this French-sounding, beautiful, unique name. So why, why hide it? Why not embrace it? I just want to really echo home that I think you guys should just become the DeGrossiers instead of, how do you pronounce it? I, I just want to know for the people that haven't heard your last name before. <laughs> well, I, I kind of think that if if more syllables makes the name better, we can mm -hmm. probably put a few more in our last name. <laughs> what are you thinking? I don't know. De, de, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really not that good at it, obviously, because we say DeGrossler. So. DeGrossler. You say DeGrossler and then Kristen says something else. DeGrossler. DeGrossler. But maybe it is time that we become the DeGrossiers and maybe we will help us get our act together. I don't know if the rest of my family can handle that. <laughs> no. It could be your dream for 2021. We, we, we'd, we'd walk into the, into the house for, with family and everybody would be like, there they are. DeGrossiers. Yes. Yes. We'll have to hold our noses up. And we'll just be so refined and have so much more life figured out. We might have to start dressing differently. We might. At least I took well, the towel off. <laughs> well, that's a tragedy, really. You guys. <laughs> I'll trade you. Um, anyway, uh, you don't have your warm and cozy drinks, do you? We, we have our pretend ones. Um, but... Uh, I was going to wear pajama pants. Um, I actually did uh, put makeup on. Um, I'm running on four hours of sleep, as you know, which um, you might be able to tell by that frantic intro, um, <laughs> because my mind wouldn't shut off last night. Um, I probably ate a little too much chocolate, uh, worried about some things I had no control over whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And on and on it goes. So goes 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a very common theme. Midnight texts from friends. <laughs> Midnight after five phone calls. Yes. Is that you? I'm sorry, Brian. I, I do admit I texted her a really cute picture of Ryan Gosling. Do you know who that is? <laughs> but it was more. Her first husband, I think. Yeah, it was more <laughs> of the kudos for the podcast that she just put out. I sent a bunch of, you call them gifts, right? Not gifs, gifs. Okay, I'm totally embarrassing him. That was a Degrossier no, moment. Not. That was it's not a Degrossier moment. So I want you guys to start talking. But I, um, instead of bashing 2020, which I'm pretty sure I will do again before this year is over, um, I wanted to share something with the listener. I know that the Bible is clear that people are positioned and chosen for an appointed time. 
I remember as a young person, they're shaking their heads at their kids walking by. Um, I remember as a young person having this thought like I was born um, in the wrong decade because I liked vintage things and I was convinced God had made a mistake um, when he didn't let me be born in the 40s or 50s. But if the Bible is true and all of us right here believe it is, it's kind of a big old lie that we tell ourselves uh, when we say that kind of stuff. And um, I think it's a lie that matters because actually when you look like in the Old Testament, it talks about people being chosen for select times for such a time as this in the book of Esther. I know in another part of scripture, it talks about God's plans for his people. That's in the book of Jeremiah and also some other places in the New Testament. It says that King David served the purposes of his generation and then fell asleep. That's in Acts chapter 13. And scripture also talks about Christians having a part to play in all of this as a collective figurative body. Um, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So all of that leading up to this question, you guys. So what has been your part to play in 2020? Um, what are you doing? What have you What's been good and what's been hard about where you've been placed? And I think it'd be great if all of us answer this because it'd be kind of fun to talk. So I'll let you, the Leers ear, ears um, share <laughs> first, I guess. Okay, I'm I'm apparently getting nudged. Um, was that me or the Holy Spirit? Uh, <laughs> it was you, and no, um, I don't know. I I thought of a good. Co- Never mind. I don't have anything witty to say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I okay. What's the question again? <laughs> no, I'm looking for a picture to explain the me. The the question is, we all have a part to play, whether we like it or not. Whether this year's been horrible or you know good. I I haven't talked to anyone who would say that 2020 has been a great year um, yet. Maybe that's you, and if you are, you know having a wonderful time, please send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. But, um, <laughs> but, um, what has been, what have you found your part, uh, to be in 2020? What, what has been unique about the position you feel God's called you to during this season and, um, what's been hard about it? What's been good about it, about where you've been placed? Yeah. Um, I, I feel that, um, and I think I shared about this and perhaps the last one <laughs> talked with me about, but um, I just really feel this almost mantle. Oh, okay. Um, I, I, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> don't even know. You're going to cut a lot of that out. That's good. Good. No, I won't. Um, I'm just going to leave it just oh, like dear. that because it's perfect. I really feel that almost like this mantle has been placed on me um, to of, of this weight of just, we are called to be salt and light. And so many people are more afraid and scared and sad and lonely and despairing than ever right now. And uh, this is, if it wasn't, dark before <laughs> and if we weren't rising up before this 2020 is our time it's our year to rise up um to really practice what we preach to bring hope to the hopeless to bring light to the darkness um to just look for 
creative, even small ways to show love to people and that they're not alone and that you care for them. And when you look at it that way every day, I'm, I'm not saying every day, man, I can't tell you how many times I just wanted to sleep for the day or just like do nothing. But the days that my head is on straight and I'm like, okay, Lord, help me to see people and situations with your perspective. Um, he always opens my eyes to little things that I can do to help bring some encouragement or even laughter and lightness to a situation. And that's, I would say, um, one of the best things about 2020 uh, that I've seen. And people are hungry for that and they're more receptible to it because of 2020. Hmm. Um, so yeah, the best and the worst, right? What we're called to right now. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's probably not the answer that you want from me, but this has been a hard week for me. So yesterday, um, I needed sunlight and I didn't have any. And I had a whole lot of things that just kind of came my way with uh, just ministry stuff. Um, Some of the lesser fun things um, were not at all. Um, And so that was, that was yesterday for me. And so I'm like, okay, I need these questions uh, after days like yesterday. But um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think um, for me, you know, this has been a time of refining. Um, like for me personally, um, and I also think for the church. Um, and so, along with that comes, you know, when you when you speak truth, uh, you know, I I really believe in speaking in truth in the context of love and uh, not apart from it. Um, and when you're in a real hard situation that we've all been in, um, there's a whole lot of things that I think can be said. Um, but really, I think it's just been a call to what's the most important. Um, and that's kind of what we've been seeing, too, in our own lives. Um, but with the church and with ministry, it's just, you know, the, the things that aren't so important, you gain a whole lot of perspective with and they become lesser. And um, and yeah, that's, that's a lot of it, I think. But also, I mean, for, you know, quit, quit playing games. I mean, this is a real hard time. And, and, and I think the other thing, I don't know, I could just keep going, but we have this, this uh, kind of misunderstanding that being Christian means that it's going to be easy. And, um, and then when it's not, um, we struggle with that. And, uh, and even, even as I, as I say that we can say those things, but then how it plays out in our lives though, that's where the struggle really happens. And there's been a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that, you know, um, and, and to just really be able to see through those things and see, see what is the most important right now. And, and really like what, what, what the gospel has to offer us right now that has been given to us, that's readily available while we may want, like, I I mean, I want so much more to happen. (laughs) I want Mm -hmm. this virus to be gone. I want all of that. Um, But yet we have been given some pretty amazing things right now. 
Um, and so I, I think calling attention to the to that has been part of part of my role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start off with a hope. I hope I never hear the term metrics. I hope I never hear the term. Do you have your mask? Or new normal ever again. <laughs> um, it, but it, all joking aside, I, I think that one of the things that has been kind of pointed out to me is that um, it, we're not ever going to get away from technology. But I think that this time has shown that technology is not what it is that connects us. Um, I think that uh, it, it's a tool to, to communicate, but it's not a connection. And I think that that's seen in the schools. I think that's seen in um, relationships beyond like household families. Uh, I, I know that people have been creative in how they can get some of that human connection, but I think that that's something that um, I hope people hold with them beyond just right now. The, you know, I, I know with Thanksgiving coming up, a lot of people are talking about losing their their vacations, their trips to family, their Christmas. connections, Christmas. Yes. Um, and, and that's sad, but what I hope people remember is these times when they can eventually start doing that stuff of what the value of that relationship. It's, you know, I, I know my kids, they get it. They have an opportunity to communicate with my parents who live in North Dakota in a way that I never would have been able to communicate with my grandparents. And it's awesome. But up until you know, the last year, people kind of assumed that that was a connection. And I think that this time has shown that that's not a connection. It's just a way to stay up abreast of things. So I, I'm hopeful that people remember that and carry that forward with them. And then my role, I think, as a father, it has been kind of trying to be that. There's so much up in the air every day, it seems like, just to be that, that steady because that's something that I think is, is a struggle for a lot of people is to have a, a steady and a, a, a calming influence. So that's kind of my role as a father, somewhat as a, as a principal too, but mm -hmm. as a principal, it's just been kind of going with the flow and, you know, trying to make the best, best with what you can. Um, I shared with some principals that I was meeting with a month ago, you know, uh, uh, there's a few things, but some of them were, you know, that, one principal said, what we're doing is not ideal. And I said, what has been ideal with 2020? <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, and then I quickly followed that up with a quote that I had from heard from somebody embrace the suck. And that's what <laughs> I feel like 2020 has been, you know, really, I mean, that sums 2020 up that you just have to embrace it. There's not much that you can control. So find what you can mm -hmm. and, and make that a strength and, you know, move forward with it. So, you know, and then, that that's kind of been my role as principal of trying to find out how I can best support people and meet yes. their needs because that's what people need is just to know that, that somebody's there to try to help them. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. good. Embrace the suck. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of embracing, can I share a quote that I was trying to find having to do with that? Okay. <clears throat> 2020 has, landed me back in therapy personally, uh, but it's been a really good healing transformative journey. And my uh, neuropsychologist um, told me this and I, I just took note of it. I've been chewing on it 
for the last few months. And she said, for, for my struggles right now in this season of life, she says, embrace the refining fire or stand on the sidelines with a slow, painful burn. Hmm. And um, I, like, that that just struck such a chord with me because most of us want to resist that fire, obviously, and get away from hmm. that. But if we embrace it as something that can help shape us um, for good, um, then why fight it? And then just suffer the slow, painful burn. I mean, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah, it's a helpful thought. Yeah, I think um, for me, I don't know if the word is rooted or discipline or faithful, but um, you know. A year and a half ago, I started this podcast and it was really like this gift given to me in a lot of ways and to the point where I thought, well, I'll be disobedient to God if I don't actually like step out in this. And I remember the fear of what will people think? And it's so, you know, uh, pretentious thinking, speaking of, you know, a beautiful last name, like, Ooh, it's pretentious to have a podcast. (laughs) And, um, I mean, I had all of these, like, no one's going to listen, all these different things in my head. And, uh, but I did it anyway, eventually, because it came to the point where I was just like, fine, Lord, I'll just do it for you, you know? And, um, I don't think that God's timing is perfect. I don't think I would have ever done this podcast had March hit and all of a sudden, everyone's doing a podcast, right? I would have been like, because <laughs> even though I don't really believe in the Enneagram or endorse it, um, I'm a, a four, if you know what that is. So like everything has to be original, you know, like I want it to be original all the time. And and that's a part of me. Uh, it's just kind of how I'm designed. And so I think I would have been like, you know what, I need to focus on these things right here, which granted I do. Um, you know, I have a, a family, I have a husband who has a, a job that takes a lot. Um, and we have four beautiful children that we love. But for me, being faithful with this podcast, regardless of the results, has been a lifeline uh, for me. I mean, I've gotten feedback, but, but <laughs> selfishly, it's for me. Like having these life-giving conversations with people to remind me of what's real, what's important, um, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, having that every week, it's been soul giving and I'm a connector. And if one thing has been really hard, it's been, um, the lack of in-person touch. It's been the lack of, you know, face to face, no mask on, you know, coffee. Um, and so God in his love, I feel like gave me this thing to be faithful with. Yes. And, um, really and my kids thing. and Brian have been really supportive with that too. So it's just been, um, something, you know, discipline and faithfulness have been on my heart for a long time, but this year actually getting to, uh, you know, do this has been, um, really special, but it's been hard. You know, this has been a hard year. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I heard this from somebody they said, and it was probably a psychologist. I don't know, something I read in the New York times or something, but they said that one of the reasons why 2020 is so hard is because we're constantly expending the energy to constantly have to make decisions, evaluate every situation, whether it's safe or not safe, whether we should do this or not do this. And that takes so much mental energy. And, uh, it's just, it's a, it's been tough. Um, and 
being anchored and rooted is, man, it's been life giving. Um, so along those same lines, you guys, what's one thing that you've learned or something that you wish you would have learned earlier in the pandemic that you're going to take with you into the new year? I keep thinking of being that, you know, we're parents too. And um, I remember when we went on a walk and uh, probably April or May, that seems like years ago, <laughs> but, um, and Josh is, he kept tripping and oh, yeah. um, because poor thing, his feet had grown so much and he needed bigger shoes and that became a sermon illustration. Yeah, for sure. And it was on the podcast too. I think. Oh, was it? Okay. Okay. And just the realization that time is still marching on. People are still growing. Life is still happening. And um, we need to pay attention and, and show up um, for our lives, show up, you know, in our children's lives and show up in our marriages and make those um, re important relationships a priority because it's way too easy to just let a whole day go by and you haven't connected with your spouse or you haven't really connected with your kids. Um, maybe even not connected with God. And um, that has been something that um, 2020 has taught me to literally slow down and smell the roses. Chris had me literally slow down and smell the roses. He, he surprised me and, and got me roses last night. And he said, last night, have you stopped to smell the roses yet? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. He's like, we'll do it now. And then you can say, stop to smell the roses. So anyways, uh, but that's been a very needed lesson because I tend to run around like a chicken with my head cut off um, a lot of the times and um, oh, uh, literally and figuratively, but I still have my head on when I wear the chicken suit. But anyways, um, I love your smiling at me. I like, what are you going to say? Go ahead. Nothing. I've said that. No. Keep going. No. No. This is the great thing about doing doing something like this with Kristen is because she does a lot of the talking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. What was the question? Something that you learned or you wish you yeah. had learned sooner. I, I um, you know, I, I think you don't realize how much of a people pleaser you are until you're put in a situation to where you're, there's no possible way of making everybody happy. Mm -hmm. And I've become aware of just yeah. how much of that uh, I am and I, and I do without even knowing. And I've had to, I've had to become content or as close to that as possible. It, 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 at the very least, I've had to um, position myself to be content, to be okay with people not, not being in unison in a decision. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's been difficult for me. Um, when something is out of place, uh, I, I fix it. Um, right. <laughs> I, 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 I take care of it. And this is something that I can't, and, uh, I haven't been able to. And so, um, I think, I think some of that lesson is, is just me knowing me. Um, I'm glad to 
I've discovered these things and I wish I would have earlier and sooner. Um, but the other part of that I think is, is just uh, relinquishing control um, because that's the mm-hmm. other part of it is I, I cannot control all that I can do is be faithful right now and, uh, and do my, do my best and, and, and extend grace because I'm not going to get it right every time. Um, and, and that's, that's fine. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty, been a pretty big thing for me. Yeah. It's hard. Mm. You got one? I don't know. I'm still trying to think. I mean, there's been a lot of lessons, but I I don't know. I, I think that it's just that, um, yeah, I, I think something that I learned is, um, honestly how small things can divide honestly i mean looking at at what's happened not in just necessarily a church but the church um over a piece of cloth i think kind of just shows how targeted we are in terms of satan wanting to to take us in paths that really it's it's a should be a moot point but um I, i think that it just kind of shows that small things can divide, but at the same time, it shows, you know, there's a lot of things that you've seen people do that they wouldn't normally do to love on people. Um, I I know that that's been something that I've seen, you know, uh, whether local businesses giving meals to people, you know, or um, just the ways that people have found ways to love, you know, it's kind of a dichotomy of, you know, something so small and something so small and how we take it can be so huge. Um, and, and that's something I think that, you know, that I, I know there's a program that we use at the school called character strong and the guy that started it, um, or was a co-founder talks about kind of the butterfly effect, the, the ripple of, you know, just a little butterfly flapping its wing. Those little things really do matter. And I think that that, this time has kind of shown how those little things can matter and it can matter in a positive way, but it can matter in a negative way too. So just always being mindful of, of how we're acting, how we're responding, how we're treating and how we're receiving, I think is, is really powerful and really big. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going back to what Chris said, uh, letting go has been a big thing for me. Uh, letting go of some idols in my life. Uh, you know, man, I miss coffee shops. Um, <laughs> letting go of my rights, uh, that I still want to hold on to and someday still do. Um, letting go of my fear. Uh, sometimes, you know, when I'm in a situation, I'm like, okay, I would love, <laughs> would love, I would love respond to this. How would Jesus respond to this? That's been hard. The other day I have an example for that. I don't know if I told you this. Um, I was dropping the kids off. I think I did in the line at school and, and man, the schools have done such a tremendous job, but you know, I'm a frazzled mom and I'm tired and, uh, I've got my dirty minivan. I'm dropping off my kids with their masks on and everything else. And they, uh, they have it all coned off and they've got like five different people waving you through with these, you know, traffic instructions kind of thing. And this one woman, uh, you know, she was just doing her job, but she's like through the window, not even, you know, 
I don't even know if she made eye contact with me, but she's like, are you done? Have you dropped off your kids? And I said, yeah. And she goes, turn on your blinker. And all she said was turn on your blinker. And I was just like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> I am a good driver. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me not turning on my blinker. There's nobody behind me. I don't know what your problem is. Um, I mean, I was like that. And even right now, as I mentioned it, I'm like, <laughs> and, um, and I just felt like the, the Lord just impressed upon my heart. The Holy Spirit was just like, let it go, mm-hmm. let it go, let it go. And that has been such a common thing this year, you know, whether it's been the mask wearing thing, because yes. I definitely feel differently about it now than I did before, you know, and, um, or letting go of, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm in a room with somebody, you know, maybe I don't feel as comfortable, whatever it is. I, I just feel like that's been a constant thing having to let go of my own things and just try to filter everything through, okay, what would Jesus do in this situation? Yes. Not that I know always, but I can at least try to model what he might do. Yes. That's been hard. Um, so this is a hard question because I think we've all been here and I, obviously we've all alluded to it, or at least a few of us have. Brian, you're the only one who hasn't shared how messed up you are. Um, no, I'm <laughs> uh, what do you say to the one listening right now? <laughs> and maybe she or he, hey guys, um, is just maybe... She, they're just feeling depressed. I mean, this is a hard year. Uh, obviously, we've shared some of the things that we're, we've been burdened with. Um, but as the holidays usually exaggerate things, I know I definitely have struggled with feeling down during the holidays in the past. Um, what are your go-to, hey, I'm not going to go into a dark pit um, and eat all the things this year. Uh, like, how do you stay away from that mentality? Do you have any strategies that you could share? Because obviously... With all the things you guys have shared, um, ministry is hard. Uh, being a Christian is hard. Being a human right now is hard. So how do you get through a time like this? I'm going to start this one first. No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, sorry, the question made me think of, someday somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. Tell them, baby, are you going to let them hold you down and make you cry? Don't you know? Don't you know? Things can change. Things will go your This is going way. in the promo video. Hold but... on for one more day. Can you hold on for one more day? Hold on for one more day. <laughs> Good old Wilson Phillips from the 90s. I don't know. I think the 90s. Uh, anyways, I think <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it is true though. I mean, I mean, days change. We cannot sum up our lives and the level of suck <laughs> based on a bad day. And, um, I think in that it's important. I mean, and I've talked on here before too about being stuck in that pit of despair for depression and how easy that is. But um, all it takes is one small step, one small choice mm-hmm. to get you out of bed, to put your shoes on, um, to get dressed, to go for a walk, to do something. But it takes a little bit of effort on our part to get out of that slump. And 
we're very much feelings, emotional creatures, especially females. And so sometimes that really seems to take a whole mountain load of effort to do that. But once we can make the effort to get some fresh air every day, make sure we're drinking water, just even two simple things like that, and not, you know, um, self-soothing with a bunch of carbs and sugar, um, those things can really make a difference and help get you out of out of that pit that you can really find yourself stuck in. And um, I know that we feel better when we go on walks and when we go on like family walks or just Chris and I take the opportunity to do that. And um, speaking of being back in my counselor, I'd been looking to like, if I need to get back on some medication, she said, did you know that there's so much scientific research that if you just get out and take a 30 minute brisk walk every day, that resets things neurologically for you and can, can change your perspective. And so those words have been echoing for me. And so walking isn't just for good exercise, it's for mental health mm -hmm. as well. And so we need to do those things to care for ourselves. Um, in these times and for when you're also in a role when you're caring for other people you got to care for yourself too before you can really pour out mm -hmm. well, i feel a whole lot better after eating a big bowl of ice cream so. <laughs> <laughs> um i would say to that person um be mindful of where your eyes go mm -hmm. like be mindful of where where you fixate on yes um you know, it, it seems that we're often comparing ourselves yes. to another person. To their highlight reels. Well, yeah, to their highlight reels. Or maybe you're comparing yourself to like some unreal version of yourself. Um, and, and and it's hard for everybody. And, and that's the thing that we don't see when we compare ourselves with another person. Um, we just see we think about how good they are and, and how they have it together and why can't I be like this? And um, so stop, right? I mean, we, we look at someone else and, and, and we need to look up, you yeah. know, I think, I think we need to look up to our Lord and see that um, like for me to see that I am, I am uh, his son. I am a child of God that um, that wasn't anything that I earned and that I don't need to trick myself into thinking I have to. Um, but the Lord has loved me and has forgiven me, has redeemed me, um, and he has called me his, his own. And um, that, that has ripple effect in my life. Um, and, and, and that's, that's truth that I need to be speaking to myself, um, again and again. And so I'm not going to get that by looking at another person. I might get that by speaking to another person, um, you know, someone who's trusted, someone who is, uh, who knows me and can tell me the truth in my own life when I can't find it or see it myself. You know, we've, we've, we've done that. Um, and, and I, I think that's, valuable not everybody may feel like they have that and when you're in that place you don't always see that um, but sometimes you just need to take a chance too 
uh, take a chance with the person and open it up and um, but yeah put your eyes in the right place mm -hmm. be yeah. gracious be be gracious to yourself my goodness we we extend to other people so many things that we won't give ourselves right? yeah for sure yeah you got something babe? i do i have a lot of things but i don't think i have tons of time but uh I think honestly, one of the first things that I would say is if you're having those thoughts, you need to share them with somebody. Yes. Um, I, I think that too often we, I don't know if it's a pride thing or a fear of judgment thing, but we, we have those thoughts. Um, and, and I think the, the big difference is, is when we don't, we don't share those. Um, and you know, there's, there's wisdom in, sh in being wise with who we share those with, but you know, don't hold on to those thoughts. Um, things will get better. Things, things will change. You know, I, I think of the one time that we climbed the butte with our four kids, which, um, yeah. butte's a fairly high, steep, steep climb. Um, and the way down was a lesson to my son, but also a lesson to me of just, you, you can't choose your situations, but you can choose your attitude. Yeah. And he and was five without a jacket in 40 degree weather. So <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> Cause we're such good parents. <laughs> <laughs> but four, he wasn't even five. <laughs> no, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But I think, you know, that was it was a preaching not only to him, but to me as well, just about that. You, you, sometimes, sometimes you put yourselves in situations and sometimes you just find yourself in a situation and through no fault of your own, you're there and you can't choose that, but you're going to get through it one way or the other. Um, and your attitude makes a big difference in, in that, uh, you know, so find a partner to, to go along with that and to share with and, and, you know, there's, there's times that that's professional help. So there's times that that's just a friend, but, you know, voicing those thoughts and, and sharing those with, with somebody that you know is, is loving and can walk you through that. Um, you know, I, I know there was a time in college where I was really struggling. And, and one thing that really got me through was just finding that one positive thing, one, one good thing. And it doesn't have to be like a, I think so often we think that good things have to be big. Um, you know, but finding, you know, Hey, someone brought me a cookie today. Sweet. You know, so, you know, cause what it says to you is it's a cookie, but it says that somebody saw you, yes. you know, it doesn't have to be big, yes. but finding those things and you don't realize it at the moment that that's what you're needing is to be seen. But you know, that, so, you know, as I work with middle school kids, one of the things that I really push on them and, and character strong does as well, but is, is just the act of kindness. Um, you know, when, when we're hurting, you know, there's that saying, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and when we're hurting for a moment, being mean feels good. It helps us, but really it just, it's almost like an alcoholic that that beer helps them feel good. But then as soon as they're done with it, they feel bad. And it, and meanness is the same sort of thing. When you're mean to somebody, it feels good momentarily, but then it just spirals and finding you know, finding that good or finding ways to be good to other people. And I know it sounds weird to say when you're hurting, find ways to help people. But, you know, there's there's such a satisfaction and, and positiveness when you actually can get out of yourself mm -hmm. and do something for other people. And, and, you know, honestly, I think that those sometimes are the most powerful things that you can do when you are feeling 
down or hurting is to find somebody that you can help, you know, and, and pour into somebody because, um, you know, kindness just, it is really that, you know, they talk about, you know, win lose situations. Kindness is really a win win. You feel good. They feel good. And it, it really does pass on. And meanness is really a lose lose. You feel bad and the other person feels bad. So I, I think those types of things are things that I try to focus on when I'm struggling is, you know, how can I be good to others, but then also can I find the good that others have done to me? Yeah. What you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I would just add to that. Um, there's a, a famous saying by, I think, Simone Weil, um, where uh, it says, uh, there's only two things that pierce the human soul. Uh, one is beauty. The other is affliction. And so my encouragement would be to find something that you find, like you find beautiful, look for the beautiful things and share that with the world and receive that for yourself. As Chris was saying, grace, you know, the other day I was feeling anxious and, um, like concerned. I was having a bad day and I came home and I'm like, okay, what, what would be nourishing right now? What would be beautiful? Um, because the Bible says whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, you know, think about these things. I'm like, I'm going to turn on some worship music right now. And so I found this old CD. I didn't even know what was on it. I was just like, okay, I'm going to, I know this is a worship CD. I'm going to do some laundry because I need to clean my house. And that also would be beautiful. And, um, and I'm going to put that in the CD player and then maybe I'll dance around a little bit. And after I'm done doing the laundry and I turned it on and the very first song ministered to me. And then three songs later was the Trust in You by Lauren Daigle, which the night before Kristen had played, actually Chris had played uh, when we were kind of struggling with some of the things going on with new restrictions. And I just thought, man, God, thank you for meeting yes. me here. Thank you for meeting me here in this beautiful place. You know, I was doing all my yoga poses to worship, but I'm just thinking, man, and along the same lines of what you just said, Brian, like, if you want a friend, be a friend. You know, so many people, I, I talk to my kids about this all the time. We cannot have a victim mindset. Yes. You know, we really have to have a victor, especially, especially if you're a believer listening yes. to this, you know, we have the victory, we have the hope, um, uh, in Jesus. And so I just encourage you to, even if you don't feel it, push into it, you know, if, if it would be beautiful, if you want someone to be kind to you and loving towards you, instead of venting about it, or, you know, like you're saying, be mean in the moment, which venting on social media, a lot of times feels mean to somebody, <laughs> um, you know, give that, give that grace, give that love, give that beauty to somebody else. And it's funny how that ricochets back at you when you give it. Um, yes. so it doesn't mean life is easy. It just means that Maybe it will pierce your soul when you uh, provide something beautiful for somebody else. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you real oh. quick because I feel like we're on a quote fest, and I just got to get this oh, one well, out. Okay. I, I think that this is my quote for 2020, and and every time I've used it this year, it's resonated with people. But it's it's from uh, Patch Adams. Um, but the the quote, and I'm gonna I know I'm gonna butcher it a little bit, but it goes something towards the effect of, if you treat the disease, you may win. You may lose. If you treat the person, I guarantee you're going to, you, you win. And I think that that really speaks to 2020 on a level, you know, there's all sorts of things just going on, um, that you could kind of look at as the disease. And if we focus on that and trying to treat that disease, 
we might get it right, we might get it wrong, but if we can focus on that person and focus on, on, you know, just treating them with human decency, which we we don't always do, uh, you're gonna win. There will be a harvest. There will be a, a plenitude of of good things coming from that, and and it maybe the hard part is is it may be something that you never see, but you just have to trust that you invest that and it will come back and you 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 might not ever see it but just know that there's going to be a repayment and it's going to be more the investment more than the investment that you put in um and that and that's just something that kind of keeps me going is you just find those moments that you can do that and and yeah we have to look at the disease but really look at the person mm-hmm. yes man i love you you're so smart you are my favorite husband. Uh, <laughs> okay. That'll do, donkey. That'll do. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more questions. And this one is one I'm rolling. Two questions. You can pick which question you want. Um, so the question is either, what are you most looking forward to about Christmas? Or specifically thinking about the one who's unsure about faith and listening to this right now. What is the hope of Christmas and why does it still matter here 2000 years later in the middle of a pandemic? I'm I tired feel like of, the pastor needs to answer yeah, the, 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 the so hope too. of Christmas. I'm tired of answering you know? first also because I keep getting a lot of really good ideas every time you guys say something that I forgot to say. So I don't want to be the first one to speak. I had uh, this. So... A few years ago, was it? It was more than a few years ago. Um, we had a Christmas Eve service, and uh, well, we have one every year, but uh, this one was different. I had uh, some type of tooth injury. Um, I don't know. I maybe like one of my. I I still don't know how it happened, but um, uh, I went in and and I had to have a root canal done on one of my teeth here. Actually, I've had to have it on a couple because. Something happened. Um, I don't no, know he accused me of punching him in the face while he slept. Well, right. you have done other things, so. Um, <laughs> and oh so, gosh. and so, I was kind of having a hard time uh, talking just because it hurt, and I had to figure out what we were going to do for Christmas Eve, and um, and I and we had this thing that we had done years ago that we we did again, basically. For our Christmas Eve service, what we did is um, I had two huge garbage bags prepared. And, you know, when it came time to share the message, I, I basically just went out and started throwing trash all over the place. Um, and, and it was just this huge heaping pile of trash. And then I took a baby seat and I, a car seat, yeah. And I put it, I put it right, right in the center of the pile and then a piece of cardboard that said Emmanuel on it, which means God, God with us. And I set it right in that seat. Um, and it, it's just this, this powerful image that I think parallels exactly what has happened at Christmas is that God um, seen us in our mess um, has come uh, and he entered in and he, he waded through um, all the garbage to bring us hope. And, and ultimately, like I, I believe Christmas to be a time where hope has come. Um, and, and he has, and his name is Jesus. And 
for me, and I and I, I've been thinking actually a lot about Christmas right now. You know, I've been preparing for for Advent and all of this, and and that's just the thought is that that I have had is that he has he's waded through, he's entered in um, to all of this mess. It feels like everything's such a mess right now, and where we don't have any control. Um, and as long as it it comes to what I can do, there's no hope. Um, but with the Lord, uh, there is. You know, he is he is he has brought that. He has personified hope and peace and love and um and it, and and he didn't he didn't he didn't make us come to him is the other thing. He came to us, right? Um so that's that's Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's that's really good. That illustration that he used has been the most one of the most impacting visuals that I've ever seen in my life um, that really brings me to tears every time I've, I've seen it or, or almost even thought about it because um, it's just, it's such a interesting thing, just all this gross garbage and bags of trash and just heaps of rubble and damage, whatever. And then this baby car seat Emmanuel, God with us in the middle of it. And I think now more than ever <laughs> for 2020, a lot of the the mess and um, the heartbreak and the devastation and the uncertainty, um, I think <laughs> more than ever, what a, what a fitting time um, to embrace that that hope that we have that that we're not alone in this mess, that Emmanuel, God with us, he came down and he came to be with us and show us how to live. And, and um, now those of us who have accepted his gift, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that, that absolutely helps us know that we're not alone. And, in these really, really uncertain, shaky times. And so I am looking forward to intentionally working on slowing down um, my my overactive mind and um, even lifestyle sort of, of just go, go, go. And I just really, I have this renewed excitement for Christmas this year. Um, unfortunately, and it, it's, it's kind of sad. I, I feel like for the past so many years, I actually have dreaded it because it can just be so over the top stressful and the things we put on ourselves and the expectations we put on ourselves or that we might project other people think that we should do. And part of that comes down to planning for sure. And I'm not a very good planner, but, um, as you just smile at me and smiling but um I just I just because of 2020 I I'm just excited to see how God is going to show up in a different way he's he's always been there he hasn't left us he's still he's still on the throne he's still in control but I want to have I feel like I have better eyes to see him this year and to want to welcome him and help usher him in 
um, that the celebrating of, of his birth. And so I want to do that with our kids. You know, I want to do that with our church and, and the, you know, things we want to do in this community to bring that realization of the hope that we have and that we're not alone. So I'm, I'm excited for this season. Yeah. I'm, I'll be the first to admit I'm a bah humbug when it comes to Christmas. Uh, oh. And it has nothing to do with the, the saddest part of it all is it has nothing to do with the Bible, you know, with the story. It's just, I think Kristen, you're kind of hitting on it of what we have made Christmas become. Um, and, and it's really honestly a, a battle that Satan a lot of times is winning because we focus on the gifts and we focus on mm-hmm. everything and we, we forget about the, the true We're gift. the who's and who, Bill. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really, my hope for the, the Christmas season would be that we can really put that meaning back in and, and show people what it's about. It's it's not about the gifts that you've got or, you know, but it's it's truly about the fact that our Savior did come and and through no like goodness on my part i have that that access to him and through the fact that he loved us that much he gave us that gift and holding on to that and my hope is that that we can shine that to people and that that's not just a we janelle and me and you but the the church can can shine and and really show people especially during this time of the season um that even stripping all things away, we can still have joy and we can still have peace and it comes through the savior. And, and that's my hope, you know, will that look, I don't know, but you know, 2000 years later, the, the one thing that remains is, you know, that truth that God so loved us so much that he gave us only one and only son. And it doesn't make sense because I know I'm not good enough to get that on my own, but it makes perfect sense from a loving God. And, and that's the thing that I hope we can get out this year for, for the Christmas season is just, just that love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I normally on this podcast, I always close with the, the final question. And I think I'm just going to answer because we kind of have talked about some of these different things. Um, but I always ask the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration or redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love of those things that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why. And you guys can answer that in a second if you want to like throw anything out there in addition to what you've already said. But as I think about Christmas, uh, it's interesting. I remember in college, I had the opportunity to go on a weekend um, where it, I went to Seattle Pacific University with sign up to basically go live as a homeless person for a weekend. Mm, And it was right around Christmas time. And I had some health issues going on and I decided not to go. And I remember it was cold. I mean, Christmas time in Seattle is cold and wet and miserable. And uh, I remember being so relieved that I didn't have to go like live homeless (laughs) for a couple of days. And the other day I was driving home from dropping the kids off. It was a really wet, yucky day, which is kind of unusual for this area. And I was thinking, man, I'm so glad I get to go home and it's going to be warm and it's going to be awesome. And um, I'm going to, you know, turn on the fire or whatever and just get my cozy hot chocolate. I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to turn on the worship music, whatever, and make myself less miserable. And I was thinking, Jesus had the most cozy, wonderful, comfortable anything. Uh, You know, he was God. 
And he chose to relinquish that. I mean, think about like the most glorious mansion you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, the Bible says that we, we can't even fathom the riches of his glory, you know? And I mean, every time that scripture talks about what it's like to be in the presence of the throne room, you know, and, and God, it's, I mean, it's such a bright, amazing place that you can't even describe it. It's like jewels. And, um, anyway, I can't wait to see it someday, but he gave up the comfort of all that, the glory of all that, the beauty of all of that to come to a wet, miserable, cold place where he was immediately rejected by men. He was in a cold stable uh, from that very first day. He came to a pregnant uh, virgin who at the time, you know, Brian and I have been reading the Old Testament. Uh, you know, Joseph, her uh, her boyfriend or her, um, you know, betrothed, yeah, so they were engaged. They were engaged. He could have, he could have had her stoned, you know, for that kind of thing. He decided to divorce her quietly, which at the time, you know, was a grace. Um, but think about it. She's growing. They're not married. I mean, think of, of all of the stigma associated with that. I just think about that and think, man, he came with people misunderstanding him from the very beginning. Yeah. He gave it all away. And then he came to this place where we rejected him completely. And I was just telling the kids this the other day, because I think it was even today, Caleb was talking about our 11-year-old, about, you know, <laughs> death and all these horrible ways. Because I said, what's the worst thing that can happen for Christians? It's not death. It's suffering. And because uh, he said it was suffering. And I said, think about Jesus and his death. He chose. He could have chosen any time. The Bible says that God knows. He knows, you know, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. He chose the time with the worst suffering. You know, the Romans were expert killers. They chose the most awful, most pagan, most disgusting way, most hum humiliating way to kill somebody. And he chose it. And I just think, man, God, I, I can't even fathom how much you love me. I can't even fathom that. Like, I have a little discomfort. I don't want to go out in the rain. I don't want to be, you know, pretend I'm homeless. You came and decided to do that and then to give it all away. And I just think, man, that is the hope of the world that Jesus came. And I just pray that Christians would share that message more and more, especially yes. as Christian, Christmas is coming and upon us, because he is the peace of the world. Uh, on whom his favor rests. And if you're listening to this right now and you don't know Jesus, I just want to tell you, he loves you. He's offering this free gift to you. Yes. I pray that you'll believe it, friend. Um, yes. De Grossiers, thank you for being here today. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> thank you for your wise words. Uh, thank you for, you know, putting up with... Uh, we sure love you guys. Yes, so, you. You bless yes, us. You. Until next time. Go Hawks. <laughs> Thank you, friend, for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is a grace-filled, Christ-centered podcast for those who are wandering, wondering, or simply needing to be encouraged in their faith journeys. I hope you'll come back next week when I'll most likely be sharing a conversation with another guest about their journey towards finding something real. And if you're on Instagram, please come find me. On Fridays, I share Instagram Live podcast recaps at 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're over there on the gram, you can join me for some fun live awkwardness. <laughs> 
And finally, if you're someone who was encouraged by today's podcast and you have friends who would benefit from hearing the story shared here, would you go ahead and share? You can do that by hitting subscribe, leaving a review, or sharing a link. Your telling others about this podcast helps bring other people along. And finally, just so you know, if you only remember one thing about this podcast, I hope it is this. No matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus Christ loves you, and a real relationship with Him is a treasure trove of restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. He's offering that gift to you today. I pray you believe it.